0: Good morning everyone and uh, welcome to worship. Uh, at if you're visiting with us today it's great to have you along and if you're just newly back after a spell away it's uh, it's great to have you back with us. Um, a wee bit of revision uh, for those of you who don't know the, the setup setup uh, in Covid. There's a ticket in front of you uh, that lets the cleaners know which pews have been sat in so that'll help when it comes to cleaning so if you could turn that ticket over that would be great. Uh, we leave by uh, the side door here. I'm noticing that the plate for collections isn't it behind me, so if someone wouldn't mind nipping out and getting that in the first uh, hymn that would be great. Pat, thank you. Um, so collections can be taken on the way out here and we do leave by the vestry door just to maintain a kind of one-way uh, system. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have to do this anymore, but for now we do. So thank you for your perseverance. We do need to keep our masks on, but we can sing, so please do feel free to Belt the songs out uh, as you know them. Uh, just a couple of wee announcements uh, before we begin. House group meets on Thursday online on Zoom at seven thirty. I'll get a, I'll get a, a, an email out to folk at the beginning of the week. Um, last week was our harvest service and we brought in one hundred and forty kilograms of produce, uh, which I took up to the food bank and Ellen uh, earlier this week, and they were delighted with that response so thank you to everybody who was here and was able uh, to to bring stuff along that was much appreciated and then just to say that we are going to be starting teas after the service again uh, next Sunday which is great it feels like a long time since we've been able to meet in the hall afterwards so please do uh, stay if you can and enjoy that time of fellowship and catching up and let other folk know as you're out and about this week that we will be back to having teas uh, from next Sunday. So those are all our announcements. Let's begin our service in worship as we sing the God's praise hymn number 510. Jesus calls us here to meet him and we'll sing verses one to three. going to uh, pray together now, and in this prayer, we'll use a short response. When I say, uh, Lord Jesus, could you please respond, you call us here. Lord Jesus, you call us here. Let's pray together. From our hurry, from our worry, from our weariness and our fearfulness, Lord Jesus, you call us here. from our busyness and our tiredness, from our distractions and overreactions. Lord Jesus, you call us here. From our lostness and our loneliness, from our emptiness and our stubbornness, Lord Jesus, you call us here. For a slower pace and a deeper grace, Lord Jesus, you call us here. For a word that guides or takes root and abides, Lord Jesus, you call us here. To thaw the heart and bring a new start, Lord Jesus, you call us here to make us whole, restore the soul Lord Jesus you call us here. Lord you call us here as the people we are from the lives that we lead and we can come this morning no other way so look at us Lord examine our hearts weigh our motives pierce the shadows where we like to hide and bring your word to our hearts and minds this morning. May your personal and Holy Spirit be as real among us as the clothes on our backs and the air in our lungs. And may you continue the good work that you've begun within us, or start it if up till now we've kept you at arm's length out of doubt, fear, or uncertainty. be with us this morning in all the particularity of our living so that your word today becomes a word that fills and nourishes us that builds us up and makes us strong because we ask all of these things in jesus name and in his name we pray together saying our father who art in heaven thank you Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debtors, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory, forever. Amen. Our reading this morning is just a few short verses from uh, the Revelation of Saint John. Revelation ten, reading verses eight to eleven, and Marion reads. Is going to read this.
1: voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more go take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land so I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll he said to me take it and eat it it will turn your stomach sour but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings." Amen.
0: Thanks, Marianne. We're going to sing again. It's uh, number 600, Spirit of God Unseen as the wind. And I think we'll remain seated to sing this one. Let's take a moment to pray together. Let's pray. Lord, we come here uh, as often as we can, week by week, not simply to remember stories of the past, but to realize that the Lord of the past is alive and is calling us even now in the present towards the future. So Lord, as we gather around these words this morning, we don't just want to see them in their historical context. We don't just want to uh, have thoughts about them, but these words in scripture are there to connect us with you that we might be sustained in all our living. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to inhabit this time with us and to bring home to each heart here whatever it is we most need to hear from your word today. Don't just touch our minds, touch our hearts, touch our souls, because we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. There's a story which may or may not be true, that's code for it's not true,
1: <laughs>
0: about a Catholic church in Ireland which was uh, struggling with numbers in the wake of the pandemic. Not that we would know anything about that in the Church of Scotland. So they put their heads together and they came up with the idea of opening a fast food drive through at the side of the chapel to hopefully start and bring more people in and maybe even swell the coffers a little. And it turned out to be a huge success so a reporter from the local newspaper came down to do a piece about it. And when he arrived at the, the door, he explained that he was looking for the men who were running the food side of things. Ah, sure, you'll be looking for Father Tommy and Brother Andrew. Or are they the parish priests, said the reporter. No, no, they both work in the kitchen. Father Tommy is the deep fat friar. And Brother Andrew, well, he's the chipmunk. <laughs> we live in an age when fast food is getting everywhere, pretty much everywhere. McDonald's started off as a a small family firm in the late 1940s, and today it's one of the top 10 most recognized brands in the world, with almost 40,000 outlets across the globe. Every day, and this staggered me, I have to say, every day, 70 million people, that's 1% of the world's population, eat something from McDonald's and that's just one of the world's fast food giants that we're talking about. As the pace of life increases we're tending to rush our food more and more. We eat on the move or we have a sandwich at our desks as we work, those of us who work in offices. For the health conscious we're seeing more and more healthy breakfast bars that you can eat on the bus or the train on your way to work and meal replacements like Huel, H-U-E-L, which sounds a bit too much like hue to me, but Huel. And Huel can, uh, claims to contain all the nutrients that you need in a healthy shake that you can sip through a straw. We don't even need to chew anymore. We've made a virtue and a billion dollar industry out of eating fast so that we can rush on to the next thing that we're doing but something really important is getting lost in the process. The goodness of home cooked food, the richness of variety and different flavors and the shared experience of eating together. Fast food is everywhere these days, but I wonder if you've heard of the slow food movement. It was started in 1986 by a man called Carlo Petrini and the principles are that we try to eat locally sourced produce, we preserve local recipes and cuisine and we slow right down so that eating becomes a pleasure again, something that feeds our hearts and minds and souls and not just our bodies. We switch off the TV, we sit around a table, we talk about our day. It's not rocket science, But that kind of eating is becoming a lost art in many homes. And it's no accident that countries that have preserved that kind of eating culture, countries like Spain, Italy, and France, are doing far better in terms of obesity than the UK. Italians drink half the amount of sugary fizzy drinks and eat a quarter of the sugary snacks that we Brits do And they also eat twice the amount of vegetables. And that's why they can get away with garlic bread and pasta and red wine. And still manage to stay healthy. So why am I telling you all this? Well, it's down to one wee phrase in today's reading. I wonder if you noticed it. Eat this scroll. The angel says in this vision that John has. Eat this scroll scroll what a weird thing to say why eat the scroll why not just read the scroll that would be the natural thing to do well John's revelation is full of weird and strange imagery but the thing is it always means something and this image means something too God through John is telling us how to approach this book the Bible that we read from every week When we come to church, eat this book. And this book is not a John Grisham or a Dan Brown to be rushed through just for the sake of the story. It's not an instruction manual to be pulled off the shelf and referred to when something's gone wrong. It's not a horoscope that charts the future, and we shouldn't treat it as though it were. You might remember the story about the guy who was looking for guidance and in desperation, he pulled out his Bible and threw it open at whatever page it was and did that. He stuck his finger in the page, right, this is the verse, and he read it. And it was 1 Samuel 34, 1, which says, So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. And he didn't like that guidance. So he flipped over into the New Testament, did the same. There we go. And it was Luke ten thirty-seven, which says, And Jesus said, Go thou and do likewise. doesn't work that way how should we read the bible well we should read it like we eat a good home cooked meal slowly gratefully savouring every morsel and every flavour the scriptures aren't just given simply to entertain us or even to educate us they're given to sustain us Because whether we acknowledge it or not, we are all hungry. Hungry to know how to live well in this world. Hungry for encouragement, hungry for affirmation, hungry for a sense of who we are and where life's going. Hungry for love, hungry for meaning when life becomes difficult or hard to bear and there's a strong argument that much of what's wrong with the world can be put down to folk trying to satisfy that hunger that we all feel in the wrong ways people are hungry for meaning and self-worth and affirmation and gratification but they're looking for it in all of the wrong places They're snacking on whatever junk the world tells them they need to be happy instead of learning to look after themselves properly with real spiritual food. We're trying to survive in candy floss most of the time. Candy floss is great now and again, but you can't live on it. You need to eat proper food if you're going to grow. And scripture read slowly, meditatively, intentionally, prayerfully feeds and nourishes us for daily living. It's been given to us as food for the soul. Spiritual reading and prayer are the foundational practices that have fed God's people for literally millennia. And it's only in recent years that we've started kidding ourselves that we can be authentically Christian without really bothering with those spiritual disciplines. But they're foundational for a Christian life. And when you begin to read the Bible, in that way as a kind of three-way conversation between your life and the Scriptures and God. That's when it starts to come alive. You begin to take on more and more of the truth that it brings you. You start to absorb it into yourself and it changes you. When I eat an apple, my gut breaks down the food and the apple's atoms get recycled and they get used in building and repairing the cells in my body. It's a literal truth that what you eat becomes a part of you. Eat this scroll says the angel eat this book let it become a part of you eugene peterson puts it this way he says christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture we assimilate it We take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love, cups of cold water given to the thirsty, missions into all the world, healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father and feet washed in company with the Son. Eat this book says the angel. Don't put it on a pedestal and revere it. Don't stick it in a drawer or on a shelf and ignore it. Don't pay lip service to it on a Sunday and forget about it for the rest of the week. Don't make a meme out of it and think that that's the end of the story when you've stuck it on Facebook. Eat it with your heart and with your mind. Eat it regularly because this is your daily bread for the inner journey of your life that's why it's given don't know where to start well start with the psalms or with the gospels start by getting some bible reading notes i can help with that if you want start by coming to a bible study where we're all learning how to do this because we're always learning get a daily reading app for your phone and give 15 minutes of your day to it. At the minute, I'm using a resource called the RCL, that's Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings. If you Google that, it'll take you to a website that's got readings for every day of the year. Psalm, uh, Gospel, um, Epistle, and Old Testament. I never get past the Psalms, folks. I'm just stuck in the Psalms. I don't read the rest. I always find something in the Psalms that speaks to me, and that's enough, and that's what I stay with. The important thing is, however, you do it, is to get started. Because nothing's going to feed your mind and your soul and connect you to God as much as beginning to eat this book for yourself. Nobody can make your spiritual journey for you but you. And this is part of the way that God has given us to make that journey with Him as we live. And this is where I wanted to give you the big finish. Some epic story of a piece of scripture that came back to help me profoundly in some pressing set of circumstances. And there are a few such stories I could tell. But A, you've already heard them all. And B, actually, there's not that many of them I have to confess. And at first that made me feel a bit bad. Until I remembered that the whole point of most meals isn't that they're remembered. It's that they sustain. What did you have for dinner? Two weeks past on Thursday. What did you have for dinner a year ago today? Chances are, unless it was a special occasion or you went to particular trouble with your cooking that day, you won't have a clue. But did it sustain you in the moment? Absolutely, it did. That's what meals do. Only a small number will be especially memorable. Maybe a dozen in our lifetimes. In 35 years of following Jesus, I can only think of a handful of times when God has spoken into my life through Scripture with a, a particular memorable clarity, usually when I've been in some kind of dire straits. But in that same 35 years, I've filled a dozen notebooks with the simple everyday insights that have come to me as I've sat down and have ruminated on a part of the Bible. The daily nourishment that comes as I sit with God and through the scriptures gain perspective on how things are and how they might be in him. God still speaks, you know. And it's not rocket science To hear him. And I'm not talking about voices in the head here. I'm talking about sensing things, feeling things that you believe are from him. He still speaks in that way. You just need to be intentional about doing it. Find a place. Make a time. Open your heart and mind. Open the book. Thanks be to God for his word, listened to and preached into. I'm going to invite Alan now to come up and to lead us in our prayers for others.
1: join together in prayer Dear father in heaven we come in awe of you for what you created here on earth and in the vastness of the universe for worlds beyond our imagination for the love of family for our lives for the complexity of our bodies which we often take for granted for your son jesus and how his death atoned for our sin. Loving Father, you are a wonderful God, and we take home now in the quietness of your hearts to thank you for what you have done for us as individuals. Lord, we bring you these thanks in wonder and humility. Gracious Father, we give thanks for your word, which guides us through our lives, helps us make major decisions, and which brings us closer to you. Sometimes your word is easy to understand, but sometimes it seems so strange that it is difficult to comprehend. A scroll is a physical written on papyrus, or vellum, and is not meant to be eaten. However, as this coal contains your work, then perhaps the meaning is that as we eat this coal, we can live out your work. It sustains us, and it lives inside us. It is not like some fast food to be scoffed and forgotten, but a holy, wholesome food to be taken, digested slowly, and its meaning contemplated. In relation to our lives and your power. Loving Lord, on a lovely morning such as this when the swallows have flown off on their long migration full of dangers and the geese are returning in great numbers babbling to each other on the way we give thanks for you bringing the seasons each year. You don't let us down However, some seasons can bring pain and suffering to individuals. The pain of guilt, the grief of loss, the lack of ability through ill health, the humiliation at work, the fear of how others see us. Dear Father, bring hope to these folks in the diverse ways you do, often not as we expected. We bring people we know in such situations and pray that you minister to their needs now dear lord so many people live in fear and uncertainty such as natural disasters destroying homes and farmland forceful national expansion into neighboring countries or waters coronavirus which has changed the way we live and worship over the past two years. Rising costs of food and essentials due to distribution problems and reduced labor and production. Changes in global climate resulting from our activities. Lord, we pray that you remove such fears by pouring out your love on your people. Where there is worry bring calm Where there is fear, bring peace. Where there is confusion, bring clarity. In the face of all our problems, both as individuals and a global community, we bring them to you in faith, knowing you as the all-powerful creator of all things, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the wise counsellor, just as you invite us into your fellowship and to sit at your table. We ask you to help us be an invitational church, encouraging others to the foot of the cross so that they may meet with you and feel the warm love and appreciation of receiving redemption from you. You are a truly wonderful and faithful God, worthy of our total admiration, and we want to follow you in all that we do. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.
0: Thanks Alan. We close our worship this morning in the words of hymn 159, Lord for the Years. Let's worship God together. to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. <laughs>